Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of season two, where we're talking all about breakups. And today's episode is a really special one because this is one where we've actually gotten some ideas and thoughts and feedback from our listeners. We actually put out there into the universe and said, tell us your do's and don'ts for breakups. So we got all sorts of things. Some of them we've talked about already on our previous episodes and some things are brand new. So Tracy and I are going to get a chance to hear from our listeners, uh, via their, their, uh, direct messages to us. We're going to read those to you and we're going to make some commentary and see what you all think. Interestingly though, just to point out, we had a lot of feedback that almost was in opposition where one person might suggest one thing, another person, uh, you know, as a do and another person suggests it as a don't. So that'll be very mm-hmm. interesting. And as a listener, we want you to take what works and leave what doesn't, as always. So, Tracy, oh, but only do nice stuff. Only do nice stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah. I deleted the ones I didn't like already. No, I'm. Just I kidding. mean, not you. I'm saying the people <laughs> take what you you say. Take what you like and take and 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 get rid of what you don't. But if you like something that's mean, get rid of that too. Yeah, don't yeah. Well, and you know, I'd like to give credit to our listeners. Actually, they didn't put uh, any real mean stuff in here. All, all the stuff in here, I, you know, I thought was productive and healthy. So we'll see what your take is on some of this too, Tracy. And as a surprise element, because um, after having known Tracy and worked with her for a while, um, I know that she likes the element of surprise. So she hasn't actually seen these comments. And so, you know, as the practical partner, I have had an opportunity to organize them and collate them and tag them and synthesize them in themes. And Tracy has not looked at them at all. And that is very purposeful to maximize our strengths in this conversation. So we're going to start, we're going to look at kind of three things. One is we've been given some advice um, do's and don'ts for the breaker upper. We've also been given do's and don'ts for the broken up with. And then we've been given just some general do's and don'ts, which is regardless of what your role was in the breakup, here are some things that might help you get through it. So let's start with the breaker upper. All right. So there's a couple things that came from the breaker upper. So Tracy, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, run them by you and get your take on these. So this was okay. really interesting. This came up. This was a theme that came up with two different listeners and it was, don't wait for it to get really bad to break up. So one listener said, don't wait to break up until it's unbearable. Breaking up before that point makes it a lot easier to be friends or at least have a less painful healing process in my experience. And the second person said, don't try to force a relationship to work. But a lot of people tend to do that. So what's your take on that? You're the breaker upper. Don't wait for it to get really bad to break up. What do you say? Uh, can you see my face? I say <laughs> that's... I mean, what does that mean really bad? <laughs> I think that's very subjective. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, mm, <laughs> you've got to give it a try. Like, I feel like that's the kind of person that leaves before they've tried everything. I mean, there's a reason people come together and I'm not talking about like some kind of lame relationship that was just, you know, fly by night thing. I mean, if it's a real relationship, I think you have to, put that effort in, you know, even in this period of 
you want to get out. Well, maybe look at yourself. Maybe think of the reasons you want to get out. Have you done this before? Is this a pattern? You know what I mean? Like, it's so subjective. Okay, so like, really okay, bad. In, that. Really bad in you, your case means that there might be something to work on to make it really good again. Whether that's looking at yeah, yourself, I mean, or working on a relationship. Yeah, yeah, because you clearly liked each other at some point, right? So, I'd say try. What do you think of that? You probably think that's a good rule. <laughs> I do think it's a good rule. <laughs> I think hanging on too long sometimes can make the breakup horrid and you know, in the relationship horrid, uh, you know, I talked earlier in season one about watering the garden and, you know, I stopped watering the garden in one relationship and the plants died. And I sat there with a dead garden for years and it was, you know, it, it didn't serve either of us. And so we probably should. Why, why do you think that was, why do you think like, because fear of leaving or, I mean, I think this could be its own whole podcast probably, but like just that question alone, is it like a fear of leaving or is it because you, you were still invested in some way, you know? I mean, there's two parts to it. One is the logistical part, right? Is trying to separate all all your stuff and figure out what life after this breakup looks like. And sometimes it's just easier to stay, which is what I tend to do. But um, the other part of it is hope, hope that it gets better. Or um, I've also had it where I'm afraid to break up because I'm afraid that I will have made a mistake. And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, I really miss this person. I really made a mistake. I I shouldn't have done this. And then I kind of got myself into hot water. So I stay, I stay really a long time um, to, to, to hopefully improve the relationship, um, you know, with the best intentions. Well, okay. So if you're just sitting in the dark, get dead garden and you're not doing anything, that's one thing. But if you're sitting there scratching, 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 water, 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 trying to revive your plants, that's different. Because yes, but is I'm the a person point? who will scratch and mm, I, I don't, don't know. know. What does it mean to even scratch a plant? But regardless. It means you scratch the dirt around the edge. Like why the would ground. you scratch the dirt around a plant? Because <laughs> you're like opening it up. You're like putting some okay, nutrients in there. You're putting some water in there. You're like <laughs> loosening the soil, you know, because you're still invested. If I'm invested, right. I'm staying because I feel like there's a way to fix it. Okay. Good. Well, and this is interesting, right? We have two different takes on this and I feel like I can be invested and sometimes be overly invested in something that just isn't going to work or serve. All right. Let's look at the second one here on the breaker upper one. Okay. Be honest. This is a good one too. We haven't really totally talked a ton about this. Be honest. So this person says when breaking up with someone, don't tell them the cliche of it's not you, it's me. People see right through that and don't respect it. And then second person says candor equals kindness. Be honest with people. So what do you think? You're breaking up with someone. How honest are you about why you're breaking up? 100% agree. I'm probably one of the most honest people like that you'll meet. I mean, it annoys people sometimes. I have okay, a hard so, time but what if it was that honesty out. What if it was something that would really hurt the other person by being, you know, by being honest with them, you would end up hurting them. Would you still be honest? Well, I've never experienced that. So I can't speak to that from, you know, I still think you need to be honest. Like, what would you, what, what they decide they're never going to shave again and that's upsetting or is it something more serious? Like what would it be? Cause you're already dating them. So you must've liked them in the first place. You know what I mean? Did they develop some kind of terrible 
condition that you can't handle. <laughs> or a habit, I mean, or they, right. They watch like, the TV show mean? you couldn't stand. Um, yeah. Then I you go for a walk <laughs> and you do something else. Right. right. So do you tell someone the details though of like, you know, I have grown to be not attracted to you anymore and I don't, you know, want to engage in any kind of physical intimacy with you anymore. And I don't really like it when you reach out and try to hold my hand. Like, do you get that specific with someone or you just say, listen, um, you know, my attraction has waned or like how, when I say honest, I'm not saying that the alternative is to lie, but I guess the question is to what level of disclosure would you have in a breakup? Yeah. You're saying to what level specificity, but mm, I'm, I would be very clear. I think you need to get it all out there because really going to break up with somebody over something, then you got to get it out. You need to say it, you know? Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, and you have to discuss it, right? I think you really need to discuss it. If it's something like they got some hideous tattoo you didn't like, but it meant something to them, maybe you could actually learn something from that conversation you know I mean, you don't have to be a jerk about it but like you know to actually just go through it and talk about it I mean I've my breakups that I've initiated they've been there's been so much processing every little thing has come out and I've never tired of someone you know what I mean I've never been like that. And I even have some issues like misophonia where certain sounds drive me crazy, you know, like people eating and stuff. So I have to like maybe eat, eat, not be around them while they're eating or something, but it's, I think you need to have all that information out on the table. In my opinion, everything everywhere should be out on the table. Okay. Whether it's hurtful or not. But I've never, I've never felt that. I've never like, I've never tired of someone. I've been, I've had like too much drama, too much like toxicity, that kind of stuff. But that's because it's all out there because we're talking, talking, talking about it, you know? Right, right. I think the more honest you are, the better the end your life is going to be because you don't, there's nothing left unsaid, you know? And, and you don't start dating someone unless you actually like them. So I would find it hard to believe that I suddenly wouldn't like something about someone. I mean, yes, there's things that would get on my nerves, hmm. but that okay. becomes like clear, you know what I mean? Especially when you're with someone for years. Right. And right. you find ways to mitigate that because maybe it's only your deal, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what the, you know, with you, with the honesty, that's, you know, you can own it too and say, this is my experience, right? It doesn't have to be like, yeah, you are unattractive. It could be more, more like, listen, you know, my attraction for you has, you know, faded or something to that effect. I- I've never said anything like that to anyone. And really that we've, we've, the breakups that I've had, or well, I haven't had too many where I've been the breaker upper, but you know, or even when I've been broken up with, I, it hasn't been that much honesty. Well, I don't know if it's honesty, it's specificity. I would say it's like, we're just not sinking. And I don't even know how to put this in words, or I just don't feel the connection anymore. And I can't put it into words what that even means. It just means that it's yeah. lacking and I don't want it. So it's honest, but it's not very specific. Well, that's fine. I mean, I know you to be a very honest person as well. And I think that you would say, I, I think what we're, when we're, when it's honest, it's like, not making up some BS, you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, you can say, I just don't know. This isn't working or whatever, or we fight too much or I don't know how to fix it. But yeah, I mean, 
I think those are legit things. You don't have to be extremely specific, but I don't see you as being dishonest. I don't see me no. as being dishonest either. And, no. and why do you want to live that, that way? Right? Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. suggest that being dishonest and lying to someone about why you're breaking up with them. But at the same time, well, you can, you can decide what your level of specificity is. You might not even know what it is. Like you could say there's a lack of connection, but not exactly know where it came from or why it is. And that's okay too. Well, right. And I think we also sort of have to distinguish, like, you know, my best friend is straight, a, a straight woman. She married, she dates men. So it's, it's very different because she's, you know, these men have said certain things to her. And then she's seen them online, you know, dating like a month, trying to date a month or two later after, you know, giving kind of a BS line. And I think that's different. I don't, it's not true for everybody. This is very general, but lesbians, I think, tend to process, 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 process. And for me, like I said, that's so, it's ingrained in me. It's so, I need it. And so I can't imagine dating someone you know, where I would be the one to like, oh, not really tell them what was going on. Now it's happened to me by a woman and that's devastating to me because I don't know what, I don't really even understand what happened, you know? So I think like give the person the courtesy. Well, yeah, there's that that same phrase, right? Like I'm not ready to date. I've I've heard that one before from people. I'm not ready to date. And then you're right. They're back out there like a week later dating someone else. And you're like, oh, okay, that's not right. That's just a kind of a cop out. Um, All right, let's switch gears here because you already transitioned us a little bit to it is for the broken up with. We had two themes that came up in this one. The first one was, and I already know what you're going to say on this one and where you and I are going to land. It's don't pry for processing. So here are the two comments. One listener said, listen to the words. If they said it's over and don't contact me, don't contact them. Really don't. The second one is don't ask why if they didn't tell you why. What does it matter? Even if they told you why, would you change yourself for the next person who may not even have an issue with it? So don't pry for processing. What is your take, Tracy? Don't pry for processing. Don't make the other person process just because you do, even if they don't want to. Well, I mean, you can't, like, if they're not willing to, but I would certainly beg them to before, (laughs) you know, I'm not saying after they've left and now they're, you know, I'm not saying be a stalker. I'm saying during the breakup process. Yeah. I want to know you better let me know. And if you don't, well, that's only happened to me once this most recent one, which I'm so traumatized and devastated about because I did not understand why, you know, and that person couldn't articulate it. And that's to me, I still want to know, but it's not like I'm stalking her. It's not like I ever contacted her. You know what I mean? Like it's on her, that person, they need to, they need to figure out what they are comfortable with. And like I said, if I ever saw an avoidant person again, I'd run the other way because avoid, avoid the avoidance. Just the yeah, idea behind that. I know. Well, <laughs> it's self-protection, but that's the thing is like, I want to process, but am I going to be a stalker? No. Am I going to keep contacting that person? No, not going to happen because I do have self-respect. I'll just talk about it with you over and over. And then I'll say, stop speculating, Tracy. You're just (laughs) speculating. That leads to no good. So let let me go back to this something else. Let me go back to the one line though, that I think is really interesting. What does it matter? If the person doesn't want to be with you, does it matter why? 
Well, that's a whole book and episode and lifetime of self-exploration. I mean, you know, I can go back and forth on that in a, in an hour, in a day, like back and forth. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter what they think. And then, oh my gosh, it does matter. Maybe I could do this better. I, I could be this better. Maybe I should change my hair or maybe I should get more muscular or maybe I should be this, right? That's no way to live. But I think most people fluctuate. We'll go back and forth, you know? I do. Yeah. I don't know well, if it's fluctuating, but right? Like, I'm totally fine. I'm perfect. I'm great. And then I'm like, no, obviously I'm not because this person didn't want me. So, okay. So I had a relationship once where I was told by somebody that I was with that my biggest weakness was how passionate and excited I get for things. It can be very overwhelming to people and it's just hard to keep up with. And she said that that was just a drawback. And that was part of, you know, part of the many things that contributed to the death of this relationship. Then I dated someone right after who said, one of my favorite things about you is your passion and your lust mm-hmm. for life. And so does it matter? Did I need to take that feedback to heart from the first person? Does it, should I change my? Did you, and, did you take it to heart? No, I said, I looked at her in the middle of this counseling session and I said, that is my favorite thing about myself and I am not changing it. But I thought right. it was interesting, the perspectives of like, you know, that was part of something about why we couldn't be together, but why it flourished so well in another relationship. So I don't know, does it matter? I mean, maybe I guess the key for me would be whether or not the, the why, the why has to do with something self-improvement wise. Like if it's just a difference in kind of characteristics or perceptions, that's one thing. But if I'm doing something that's really harmful to a relationship, I would want to know what that was so that I didn't do it again in the future. Right, because that was an intrinsic characteristic of yourself, right? That you're just a, like a squirrel on crack and you get a lot of work done. You're like, I, I've never seen anything like it <laughs> in my life. You get a lot of stuff done and it is overwhelming and it makes, you know, the person who lies down on the couch in the evening feel bad mm-hmm. because they know you're home doing like a thousand things. But it's that's something that's you, right? So if a person doesn't value that, then bye. Like, you know what I mean? But if they said, mm-hmm. Hey, you're being rude. You're like constantly rude to me or you're undermining me. And you'd be like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that it. it comes from my childhood. It comes from these, you know, patterns that I developed or whatever. That's different, right? Like your behavior towards somebody else is different than who you are as a person. And I dealt with that a lot. Like, and I had to do a lot of therapy afterwards that, you know, the, the kind of life that I want to live, which is a free life of hiking, snowboarding, you know, working whatever job I want to work to support that lifestyle, I was told was immature and, you know, irresponsible. And I never wanted to have children. And so therefore I was not grown up enough. I didn't want to be a grown up. Mm-hmm. And like when I met the person who told me all that, I was like, what the, what the heck? Like, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. But then after many years, right, that kind of started to sink in. So when we split up, I had to do a lot of therapy around that and get that person's voice out of my head because you know what I want to be live the life of fun I want to and who is here to tell me I can't and the stuff that I do that is for fun doesn't hurt a single person so you know it it, the stuff that I did during a relationship of I'm out of here and slamming the door and I can't be with you anymore that's undermining that should change I changed that you know that Mm -hmm. I've grown and I've changed through therapy but to be the person who wants to live a life that they actually enjoy. Well, sorry, right, that right. shouldn't change. 
Well, and that you goes know? back to like season one when we talked about the differences between like behavior and personality, right? And like when you're, you, you know, do you change somebody? Like if it's part of who they are in the essence, well, no, absolutely not. That's part of who they are. But if it's an unproductive behavior, like being rude or being late or those kinds of things, then absolutely. All right. I'm going to move us on to the next one. This is the last one under the being broken up with. Um, this is, this came up for four people and it actually came up in the general do's and don'ts too. So it was a quite popular one. Let it go. So one person said, don't live in it. You must wake up each morning and move forward. Don't beat yourself up, right? So don't look back really and think about all the things mm-hmm. you did horribly. Cry, scream, mm-hmm. vent, get it out. Look forward and not back. So they all have a theme of just kind of getting through it and moving forward. What are your, what's your take on that? And we've talked a lot about that in this season, but do you have any other kernels of wisdom on this? Um, no, did my best friend send you those? Because that's what she says to me all the time. Get over <laughs> it. Move on. Get, get on with your life. And I say, I'm not ready. Like I'm still licking my wounds and I feel like, no, Mm-mm. I mean, people have to feel what they need to feel. It's, it's not, I don't believe in wallowing, but I also don't believe in like cutting off the feelings, you know, just letting it go. Like we talked about that before and several of these episodes probably like I you know my old me would have jumped in with somebody else immediately right to either prove a point or look at me I'm so attractive or look at me I can get a girlfriend or look at me you know I'm over you when when I wasn't and I'm not now I'm not going to do that anymore so mm, don't agree mm, buzzer no mm, out <laughs> not agree Here's a, again, here's where we diverge, right? Um, I think, mm. uh, I do think generally let it go. I would never say cut off the healing process before it's done, um, or force the letting it go, but I think trying to engage in behaviors that move you towards letting it go can be helpful. Like, as I mentioned before in previous episodes, the law of attraction really helped me as I changed my attitude and my outlook on life, I started attracting more people in more opportunities that felt more optimistic and more productive. And it allowed me to let go of the neg- some of the negativity that in a breakup that I had. And, and that helped me let it go. Like, you can't just be like one day, I'm going to get up today. I'm going to let it go. I don't put it on my to-do list and check it right. off. It's really hard to do, but I engaged in things that helped me let it go. And so I like to consciously be moving forward through that let it go process, but, but being in tune with my body and my heart, my mind as to what it needs. And sometimes that process slows down and sometimes it speeds up, but I always feel like I'm moving forward. Well, that's interesting. I feel like I've not always moved forward, but I've not moved backwards, you know, and I've kind of learned to live alongside that sadness, like to have it with me, no matter what I'm doing. So I can really be enjoying a trip. I can enjoy, you know, the pickleball. I can enjoy not work. Okay. I don't enjoy work. Let's be honest about that. Being a lawyer is boring. Um, but I, I, I can enjoy my life while still being sad about something. Okay. So you does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you, you can think like mentalize more than I can. I can't do, I have a really hard time doing that. I've been trying, you know, um, but it's really hard. Like sometimes this stuff just seeps into each other. Well, yes. You're very intense. I mean, I'm very intense also. So that's interesting. But you, I mean, you can tell I've moved forward a bit, but then I, it's like a lot of that stuff's still there. The feelings haven't gone away. Right. But my 
as several people have mentioned, like my life, I'm moving on, doing a podcast, I got a better job, I'm, you know, doing all these things so that my life looks from the outside, great, fantastic. Yeah, but inside, there's still a slice of me, or there's a part of me or part of my heart that's still really sad. But I, I guess learning to live with that is what I needed to do, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so interesting. And for me, I don't. Is that really letting it go that. or not letting it go? No, yeah. I mean that's that's moving alongside. It's like having a simultaneous mm-hmm. process of moving forward with your life, but not moving forward with your feelings. It's like carrying a creepy baby doll around with you all the time that you can't like let go. Uh, what in the world <laughs> kind of analogy is that? That is really I'm overwhelmed with like. Yeah. Creepy, it's creepy like <laughs> a creepy like baby having- doll. Yeah. It's like having a little thing that you just can't really set down, but it's like hideous to you, but you've got to carry it with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I a creepy never, baby doll. I've never carried the creepy <laughs> baby doll, but okay. Uh, aside from creepy baby dolls and carrying those, mm-hmm. let's move on to some general um, do's and don'ts about uh, going through a breakup, regardless if you're the breaker upper or the broken up with. So you're going to love this one. I already, again, I know your take on this, but I want to know other, any other insights. I'm going to read you a few listener comments. We had um, processing and therapy. This person says, I'm a huge believer in energy healing and therapy. Your friends are great to talk to, but they are not therapists. And likely there are some benefits to talking with a professional about the emotions and how to move through everything in a way that is healing rather than causes more bitterness and mistrust. This other person just said, go see a licensed therapist. And then the last one said, six months after we broke up, she wanted to meet and talk. We had cooled off by then. She said, we brought out the worst in each other. We are both really good people, but we just don't work well in a relationship. I wish you well and know you will do amazing in life. I said, I feel the same way and wish you all the best as well. That conversation gave me a lot of closure and I naturally want the best for her. It's not forced. I was able to let go of all the negative energy and fighting at the end of the relationship. And I still remember it and never want back into it, but I also wish her very well. So there's two kind of things in here. One is this idea of of kind of formalized therapy where you can talk through your emotions. And the other one is actually finding that closure and that sense of processing, but waiting and giving it some time to go back and talk to your ex and kind of put a little, you know, bow and ribbon on that experience and move forward. So what are your thoughts on processing and therapy? I agree. You know, I love therapy. I think it's great. And it's always helpful unless, you know, therapist isn't any good, but you know, like you had a breakup coach. That was great. You know, I think that's really Mm -hmm. good. Any kind of coaching or therapy is going to be helpful, I think. And as far as the closure with the person, well, I guess it just depends on how you're feeling if they approach you. I mean, I think you have to honor your own feelings about that too. You know, whether you want to give that person, maybe you don't want to anymore. Maybe it's not really worth it to you and you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you don't need to do that for, to have closure. You may have moved, you know, gotten that on your own, but if you're like in a good space and you're like, sure, let's talk, maybe that'll really help. You know, um, I went out with someone years after I'd been like really broken up about her, sad about her. And I was like, Oh, what was my problem? Why did I hang on to that sadness for so long? Like, I don't even really think we have that much in common, you know? So it can be helpful. I think in those, both of those regards, but you have to honor where you are and how you're feeling. Right. Right. Yeah. And I would agree with you, um, you know, particularly on the therapy, the, you know, like you had mentioned, and I talked about in a previous season was, you know, I had a breakup coach once and that was like, that was really helpful because I was asked very different kinds of questions than my therapist asked um, to really process through, because for me, you know, 
most of my breakups have been an individual journey where I have experienced the breakup and I haven't had the other person to talk to, to process through it. I haven't sought that out. They haven't sought me out for whatever reason. So I've had to do an individual journey on dealing with a breakup. So a lot of that closure had to come from within. And in order to do that, I needed to process. So I did with processing with, you know, formal therapists and so forth. Um, and so I've never done the thing. And with people like me and with friends friends who are willing to actually go deep and talk about things, you know, like, and ask me the right questions. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. So I found quite a few friends like that. I do. And I've been really lucky to be able to have such, um, process oriented experiences that allow me to have my own sense of closure without going and necessarily processing with the person that I've, I've ended up getting out of relationship with. As a matter of fact, I don't even recall that I've even really had any formal processing with anyone that I've ever been in a relationship after it ended. So it may very well be useful. I could find that all of a sudden it opens up floodgates of feelings. I didn't know that I still had that were unresolved, but as of now, I've never tried it. So Interesting. Um, I've done so much processing and I process with exes years later, you know, whatever. But I told you, like, I like to keep those people in my life unless there's something really bad. And that's only been one time out of all of them. So to me, I like, I like it. I find it helpful. Well, good. And see, again, you know, that's one of those things I've never tried. So maybe, but here's one that I really resonate with. And you mentioned it earlier is feel it all. Okay. So four listeners talked about this, feel the feelings and then redirect them to something that gives you purpose and joy. Another one said, feel all the emotions. Another one said, do allow yourself to feel whatever you feel in the moments that you feel these things. And the last one said, don't run from emotions or isolate. So ever, you know, all these four listeners are saying, just feel it. And I love the, the phrase, feel it until it's all been felt, feel it until it's all been felt. Um, agree. I totally a hundred percent agree. If you start, you know, hijacking your emotions and, you know, I shouldn't be so sad for so long, or this shouldn't make me upset, or I should be further along in the healing process than I am. You're not letting yourself just feel, just feel, just feel until it's all been felt. Yeah. And, you know, we've been there for each other, right? Do you remember crying in your driveway and saying, when am I going to stop feeling this way? And I'm like, I don't know. Does it matter? Like, just keep feeling it. And you've been there for me at the same time where I cry and cry and cry. And you're like, just, you're not a jerk about it, you know? And you're like, just, you've got to work through it. You have to feel your feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you get to the point where you don't cry anymore. You're so sad, but you're not crying. It's, it's interesting. Like, you know, you go through that you know, initially there's shock and then there's just, if you've been broken up with, and especially if it's not something you wanted, like then sadness and it's like a physical pain. And then that pain eventually goes away, but there's still the sadness there. And it's like, if you, you see, if you just let it go, like, you know, my friend kept trying to get me to like minimize the relationship or you know, things. And I'm like, that's not helping. Just letting me be and talk about it will make me move through these stages faster, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and it is hard when other people intervene and tell you how you should be feeling or what you could be feeling, or if it's, you've been feeling this way too long or whatever. But I like this particular, um, the first suggestion, which was, um, 
feel the feelings and then redirect them to something that gives you purpose and joy. So that's where you talk about like this idea of wallowing, not wallowing, but then saying, you know, like dry your eyes a little bit and, and get up and move forward. And and I know it's not the same thing, but you know, um, I haven't, you know, really talked much about it, but my mother recently passed away, um, in the last about month and a half. And that was a really tragic and heartbreaking experience for me. And I'm still feeling it. And I'm going to be feeling all the feelings for a really, really long time. But I also know that she doesn't mm-hmm. want me to sit and cry all the time and that she wants, you know, she would want me to find purpose and joy. So sometimes I'll cry. I'll cry for 20, 30 minutes and I'll just, just hard cry, mm-hmm. just sobbing cry. And then I'll dry my eyes and I'll go for a walk or go do something that I really enjoy mm-hmm. or call a friend because we can't just sit in that space of, of heartbreak and heartbreak right. comes in all fashions, not just being broken up with, but in losing anything that's important to us. And so it's very much, very similar in that sense. And so finding a sense of purpose and joy in this, in the midst of heartbreak is also really important. Yeah. Because that's what I'm saying. It's like that doll is always with you, right? You're, you're never going to forget your mom. You're not going to forget her. You're always going to be sad that she's not here, but you can't let your life, you know, be devoid of joy either. So here right. you are out doing fun things and you got the doll with you. Okay. Maybe it's in a backpack and you're not looking well, at it, but it's, it's not like a creep, creepy doll, but yes, yes. <laughs> it is creepy. It's a sad doll. How about a sad, a sad doll? doll? Okay. It's, how about a sad doll? It's a sad doll that, that goes with you. It's sadness. You remember that movie inside out? Did you ever see that Pixar? I did not. Oh my God. It's one of my absolute favorite movies. So I recommend it to everybody that I talk to. Um, it's incredibly beautiful. And in, in the person's mind is there's sadness, there's joy, there's anger, there's disgust, you know, there's all of these things that we need to have. And like sadness wants to go away at some point and the mind, the other characters realize, no, Sadness can't go away because sadness also helps us, right? It helps us to process and you can't just be always happy and you can't always be sad either, you know? Right, right. Well, you gotta have this, some of both and, and sad things are going to happen to us. And I think that ties into some of our other listeners. We won't even need to probably go into great depth about this, but some of them talked about this idea of mourn and move on, which is kind of similar, which is you know, one listener said, mourn it and give it time and space, then move on. Um, one person said, and this is, you know, an interesting take is people come into our lives to teach us life lessons as long as you need them to, and they stretch you. And then one day they're gone and you let go and you wish them to be the next best, highest version of themselves. All the spirituality about letting go this idea that if you can, you know, what is it? A reason, a season or a lifetime that people come oh, into our lives. You don't, I, I, I like that. I think that's, I said barf. No, I think I, people come into our <laughs> lives for particular reasons. Like they, they show mm-hmm. up when you need them and they, and they, some of them stay for longer than others. And, you know, I know there are people out there that like to hold on to every relationship, not just romantic, but friendship and person that they've ever met and keep in touch with them for their lives. But sometimes we fade out from people and they come into our lives right at an important time when we need each other and they fade out when we, you know, when we've moved past it, you don't like you're that. breaking my, no, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my true, my, what do you call me? A romantic, a hopeless, hopeless romantic heart. And I mean it even in friendship. And I used to be the opposite. I'd be like, whatever. I don't need to be friends with you. You know, you upset me Bye. but I'm not like that anymore. And I really don't like, I don't want to let go of things or people. I mean, I'm not a hoarder. In fact, I'm a minimalist, but I'm saying of people and experiences. Like I find those 
so valuable because to me that connection is is there forever you know I'm about to go hang out with my ex who I was with for eight years and her wife and um I think my life wouldn't be as good without them okay it really has added so much to me and it's like I was texting with my sister yesterday and I was texting about two of my exes and she's like tell that one hi tell that one hi you know and like, oh, remember when, you know, my son was so enamored with this one when we were in Hawaii and, you know, why do I want those things to go out of my life, you know? And I texted that, I texted both of them and they were very happy to hear all that stuff. So to me, my life is a continuing, it's a story and I don't want to lose the characters. Death is, death does take people away from us, right? But that's the only way. I mean, if they're jerks to me, I give people two chances. And now that I'm over 50, the second chance done, you're a jerk to me twice. Bye. That I won't tolerate. Like I've become, I can't tolerate disrespect or maltreatment anymore, but I, no, I don't want to lose those people I really loved ever. I'm like that, that person. I'm a person hoarder. A person hoarder and a minimalist of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I philosophically, I agree with you that I like to hold on and keep connections with people. Um, I'm the one who tends to reach out to people or, you know, before they reach out to me to, to say, Hey, we haven't chatted in a while. And I try to keep connections alive, but I'm also one to believe that just because I knew you and I met you at one point doesn't mean that we have grown in the same way or grown in the same direction. And we, I've had people, particularly friends who I've, you know, had a lot in common with at the beginning of the friendship. And we've just grown over time and become really different into the point where we don't have a lot in common. And the only thing that we have in common was that we used to know each other. And um, so I'm okay with letting go and making space and making room for the people who show up for me today. And I, I'm not one to like, you know, slough off friends right and left. I don't, I, I, I'm quite the opposite, right. but I do think particularly in relationships that you know, if I'm meant to stay connected with someone, then I will. I mean, I have uh, my very first person that I had, um, you know, well, I was in love with um, my very first person. Um, we lost touch for about 25 years and then we reconnected about a year and a half ago. And I, you know, it's a reason, a season or a lifetime. And it, you know, maybe we have successive seasons, but they were interrupted mm. by some time apart that we needed in order to be where we are today. So I'm also okay with kind of turning it over to the universe for that. Well, we're going to just have to be on opposite spectrums on that, or we'll be on the opposite sides of the spectrum. I really, I just, I'm so traumatized by that, even that thought. Like, I I will get rid of people out of my life if they're jerks to me, that's for sure. But no, otherwise, I keep them around. I like them. But, you know, yeah, that's just the truth. I mean, I don't, like, get rid of people. I just, sometimes things just fade, and I don't force them. I don't force them just because mm, we But it's used not to about them. forcing. I mean, I wouldn't force something that was weird or uncomfortable, but I'm saying like, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a so into Facebook, right? Like really into Facebook because it keeps me connected to people. I mean, I've lived in Cambodia. I've lived, I've, you know, traveled all over the world and it's like, you know, I've worked in, in these other countries. And if I didn't do that, how would I ever keep in touch with these people? How would I know what they're doing? You know what I mean? And for me, that's so important. And my law school friends and, you know, I mean, I just, I would not like be able to be in touch with those people. And I, I just, please don't ever say a season, a reason of whatever to me again. 
especially when it comes to dating. I can't handle that. That just, <laughs> it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Yeah. So interesting. You know? We have different takes on it. Okay. Well, how about this one? This is another morning. Move on. Don't romanticize the relationship as if it was so perfect or conversely create more delusional feelings of hatred or victimization by indulging photos, songs, or anything else that unnecessarily provokes staying stuck in ill feelings. Ooh, well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. What do you think? I think it's wise, but I also think that, you know, what does it mean to idealize someone? You know, my friend might say, you're idealizing that person. Get over it. Obviously, it wasn't that good of a relationship if it broke up, you know, but I might feel differently. And I also, as we've established, have very strong, like, love feelings for my friends and even my exes, you know, and some, no, mm -mm. no. So no, when you say no, you say it's okay to romanticize the relationship and remember the good things? It's, it's not romanticizing. It's, I mean... Yes. If this person like was horrible to you, I mean, really horrible, like, you know, beat you or did awful things. And then you're like, oh, but they're so great. That's one thing that's not good for you. But there obviously was a reason that you love that person. So if you get into a relationship, I assume you're in love with them or you love them. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, that's for me. Like I was talking to somebody about this last night who was suggesting some flings or one night stands kind of business. And I was like, no, not going to happen. I'm not that person. So I guess for me, it's like all the people that I ended up having any kind of intimacy with, I was in a relation, I ended up in a relationship with them, you know? So I wouldn't casually get rid of those people. Okay. And I, I keep hearing a theme with you is, is, is really at the onset, this idea that if I if I got into a relationship with them to begin with, I must have seen something that I liked and then I grew to love them. So therefore, at the end, I have to remember and recall that I had those feelings for this person at one point in time and it's okay to remember those. Yeah, isn't that, that's not idealizing. I mean, I think idealizing is is something different and that would be with a person who's maybe disturbed or whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think if we're saying remembering the good times, remembering the good things, that's okay. It, it, at first, you have to block that stuff out. You can't even think of it because it's so painful. It just torments you, right? But after some time has passed, why can't you remember those good times? Why not? I agree. You know, I do. I think if all you're remembering, though, is the good times, you know, then it then it's kind of like, why do we break up? Um, and as someone who needs to, you know, is more focused on now being more like one and done and not going back and having to romanticize, oh, this wasn't as bad as, and then I go back and be like, oh yes, our problems are still sitting here. I don't want to mm -hmm. do that. Um, so I want to be more realistic about the relationship, the good and the bad. I just want to remember the relationship for what it was and not focus overly on either end. Because the other part of this comment was by also, um, you know, having, creating more um, delusional feelings of hatred or victimization. Because on the contrary, mm. then you remember only the bad things. And maybe that helps you in the immediate sense of getting over a breakup. But at the same time, then you then it may lead to starting to question like, well, what kind of judgment do I have to even pick someone to begin with if this person was so horrible? Like, am I like a really right. bad picker? And there's a whole lot of debates around whether you're a good picker or a bad picker. And people have a lot of comments on whether or not that's even a thing. But the reality is it does make you maybe self-doubt if you only remember the bad times too. 
Well, I think that's where going to therapy really helps because you need to have a more less black and white view. And I've had a black and white. I mean, for many, many decades of my life, I was very black and white. This is right. This is wrong. This person's good. This person's bad. And I don't want to ever do that again. I don't want to be that person, you know? Right, right. Exactly. All right. And let I me think move it's on. helpful. Let me move on to the next kind of bucket of things here. These, this, I'm going to give you three themes that kind of all fall together, which is really around self kind of help or self, uh, you know, kindness. This one, this first one is be kind to yourself. And four listeners said this one said, be gentle with yourself. Every ending is like a death. Someone said, focus on self-care. Someone just said, be kind to yourself. And someone said, do be clear with boundaries for yourself. Like what is okay and not okay as determined by your own capacity or health. The next kind of like sort of theme that goes along with that is take time, spend time to clear yourself. Don't rush into another relationship. Show up as your best self. My only goal is to handle breakups with grace. Easier said than done, but that's my goal. Um, so these are all around like kind of taking some time. Um, there's also this idea of taking space. Don't try to be friends too soon. Don't think you'll remain friends immediately after the breakup. Take time to distance yourself. Stay away from excess social media for a while. Even if we plan to stay friends, I don't need to see the idealized Instagram version of their life for a while and don't get back together. So before we go into the take space one, because those are really about whether or not you should remain friends, let's look at some of the the taking the time, the being kind to yourself, the self-care, self showing up with grace. What, you know, what have you done that's worked, that's kind of looking at your own self and being kind and gentle and, you know, taking the space that you need? Um, I'd say like getting involved in pickleball, hiking. Um, if I had a bathtub, I would take some baths, you know, I go to the gym and I do my workout. Then I sit on the, um, you know, planet fitness has those massage beds, the water hydro bed. That's like huge for me. Just 10 minutes, like before I go to work, you know, to like give myself that treat because I'm like, I've been through the ringer. I need some kind of treat, maybe massage, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and just indulging my desire to have my friends be close to me and ask for help and all that. I mean, I've really found solace in this past year, just in the friendships, you know, and I, where I literally asked for, you know, I said, I need emotional support and I've gotten it. And that's really deepened a lot of friendships and relationships with, you know, my sisters even. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to tell people that, but, you know, it becomes, necessary and then it is self-care you know to to have the people close to you actually help you right right well and i i've done a lot what you've done too and that's one of the suggestions in here about keeping busy and taking up new hobbies and things and reaching out to people um but as far as being kind to myself um you know physically keep doing you know walking and eating well and all those things but one of the biggest things that i had to do to be kind to myself was let go of my own self-judgment of how mm-hmm. is it that I keep picking wrong? And I mentioned this just previously about the being a good picker or a bad picker. How is it that I keep picking people that I'm not ending up with, right? Why right. am I not? What What is the story of forever? And why do I keep picking people that are not my forever? And then having some kind of judgment about my own inability to make decisions that are in my best interest. And I've had to let, really learn to let that go. And that's been a lot of processing and a lot of therapy because, you know, uh, you know, my, my intention at the beginning when starting to be in a relationship with someone was that I was, you know, sort of in it for the, hopefully for, you know, at least 
the long haul or uh, at least to get to know them. I mean, I don't think that it came from any place that in which I was, you know, unaware of what I wanted or needed, but that I was, that I have to be okay with the fact that my relationships changed over time and they didn't serve either or both of us in ways that we wanted to. And it was okay to wrap those up and move along. And that's not a testament to my, my failure or my inability to be an effective partner but that I have to be kind to myself and not just continue to say, well, chalk it up as another failure, you know, put it on right. the projection list. And that to me was the biggest thing I could do to be kind to myself. Well, this is great because I think our whole season three is going to be about healing. So we can talk all about that stuff because it's so important, right? That relationships that don't work out, it doesn't mean it's a failure. So mm-hmm. I think we have to have a whole podcast on what it, when people say I failed or this was a failure, you know, right. I, I don't agree with that. That's why also why I keep people as friends, you know, because I don't want that. It's not a failure. Everything's not, doesn't work out, you know, does it, does right. it mean it can't um, tr- transform into something else that's just as valuable? Or that it wasn't valuable when you had it, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're with someone for a year, I mean, that was a good use of time or six years or, uh, you know, people who have been, I, you know, my parents were married for like, I don't know, 17 years or something and they had a good run, but by the mm-hmm. end, they just had grown so far apart and it was okay. It was not a failure. It was a success in some ways for them to have had such a beautiful relationship right. and then to recognize when it didn't serve them well and to move along and they both repartnered and found wonderful people. And I went from two parents to four parents. And so you know, there are benefits to that. But let me ask you the question about this, because I think this is the part that's really interesting is the taking space um, is the not, as I mentioned before, not trying to be friends too soon, um, distancing yourself, getting off the social media, don't get back together right away, don't rush into another relationship, sort of making these kind of like taking some space to just, and you always tell me this, Corey, you just need to sit with yourself. I've tried to figure out like literally what that would look like because I can't even sit with other people, let alone sit with myself mm-hmm. when I get too antsy. But you say this all the time. You need to kind of sit with yourself, give yourself some breathing room before you go running back to someone, running forward to someone else, trying to be friends. What What do you think? You still think uh, people yeah. should sit with themselves? Yes, I have sat with myself for the last year and- you know, it's been torture for me. I mean, absolute torture. It's been so hard. It's the, you know, opposite of how I would normally be. But I feel like in this situation, it warrants it. It's just me running and flailing and and trying to have closure, trying to have, you know, contact. It would just, it, it, it would lead to more pain for me. So again, it's about, am I growing as a person? Am I making better choices than before? You know, and each relationship, each thing that happens to me, I feel like I want to be a better person through it. I mean, we've talked about this, not just breakups, you know, it's death and all these other horrible things that happen to us. Does it have to ruin us? You know, we have to act with decency. And I think that it's if you're doing space, we talked about this before in a mean way, then that's not cool. You know? Right, right. And I, I'm not, I'm taking, I don't know, I'm not even taking space. I was, this is this forced exile and I'm accepting it, you know, yeah, I'm but you're accepting also, it for what it is. You're not filling the space with things that are unproductive. You're not running out into a relationship that you're not ready for. You're not right. trying to like 
you know, go back and try to get back together or try to, you know, enter into a friendship right away. You're taking a little bit of space. And I, you know, and I, I do agree with this. Um, our definitions of the, the duration of space might be different. Some people, right. you know, might break, might have a breakup and they're, you know, single for a couple of years. Um, that isn't my thing. I'm the practical partner. I love being in partnerships and relationships and I genuinely don't show up in them until I'm ready to. But I also do a lot of intention behind getting ready to. So some people just sit and linger and, you know, maybe it takes two years for me. I'm, I'm got my breakup coach on speed dial and my handful of love crystals and I'm like ready to kind of cleanse and move forward. So, um, so that space might look different for people, but I know one of the things you did talk about that, that, you know, you in using the space is it, you know, engaging in self-reflection and growth. And we had three listeners say something about this. We had one that said, self-reflect, learn from things you could have done differently. Someone said, do ask yourself and take responsibility for how you contributed to the problems in the relationship, because both people always contribute regardless. And the last one is work on yourself to become a better human to attract the next partner. So what have and you done? Maybe not even, maybe not even to attract the next partner, just to have a good life. Right. You know? to be a better like, person. And I never said I wouldn't get back together with someone because I would. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not, you're wanna... not using your space to actively try right now. Exactly. I would your... like to, yeah, I want to make that clear. Yes. I'm, I'm using that space because it was granted to me. It was um, the, the gift of space that you didn't want. What, um, exactly. What have, okay. Of all the things you've done, say, let's look at your most recent breakups. What have you done? Um, what's what the biggest learning lesson that you have gleaned about yourself that you would do differently going into a relationship moving forward? I think just, you know, through therapy, I realized like about my attachment theory. I mean, my attachment issues, like Mm -hmm. I was a disorganized attachment person, which is why I acted so crazy. I got to get out of this. I can't do this. I would never do that again. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Very destabilizing. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would say, that I, um, finding the, the gentle balance between undercompensating and overcompensating for a relationship to try to make it work, right? Either not mm-hmm. showing up when I should have or showing up way too much when maybe it was not warranted and finding the balance and showing up at the right kind of level for me, what's right for me, because those are under and overcompensated. Those were based on me and my perception. I thought I was doing that, not just the person I was with. So I think finding greater balance has been really helpful in the processing, in the reading of the books and the listening to the podcasts and everything. Yeah. Okay. We have time for just a, a couple more here. I'm just going to, um, you know, as, and, and we've talked a lot about this. I'm just going to read these, but I want to move to the last one, but I want to honor our, um, our contributions because this one was the most popular connect with friends and other loved ones. Hopefully you didn't make the mistake so many do, which is to ignore all their friends when they're in a relationship. So start getting into activities, give back to the community, do something to release yourself of wallowing for too long at a pity party. Someone else said, spend time with your friends. Another said, surround with healthy support system of friends and family. Another one said, do reach out for support from friends and family. Don't isolate for too long. You need people in interaction. Reach out to friends or this person said, or reach out to nobody. Whatever feels good to you, do it. But the idea is that fostering and developing new connections was the most popular. We've talked so much about that. I want to just um, wrap up with the last two because they actually kind of, I don't know, do they go together or are they opposite? Uh, three listeners said indulge. 
eat the cake and the fries, cut the hair and color it too. You have a week to go crazy and do everything you never did or couldn't and then get some balance back. The second person said, eat excessively eat ice cream, LOL, moderation, of course. And the third one said, don't, uh, said if the don't would be don't numb with substances or other vices. And then the opposing arguments were engage in healthy habits, which is find a healthy activity to occupy your mind with friends or alone, but maybe something different than things you do with the X. And the other person said exercise. So some people said eat the ice cream. Some people said exercise. What do you think? I know that you're a vegan. So imagine that it is your, cashew ice cream that I would never touch with a 10 foot spoon, but you know what? Why don't you try the oat ice cream? That's the I'll best. Try the oat anyway. One. Okay. Anyway, so would... what, what are you, what's the balance between indulging and, you know, engaging in healthy habits? Well, you can give yourself a week to watch eighties romance movies and cry your eyes out and then move on to healthy habits. I mean, none of my unhealthy habits are going to involve eating because I'm not going to like, ruin my progress and destroy myself over somebody else. But I will watch a lot of crap TV and feel sorry for myself and cry and go to bed at 6 p.m. and then get up at midnight so I don't have to sit in the silence and quiet of, you know, what used to be the <laughs> greatest time of my life, that you know, the evening time with my partner. So I do believe in indulging, but not not in substances, not in food, not in things that are actually destructive to you. But like literally in 1980s movies, like, mm-hmm. you know, Better Off Dead. And any John Cusack movie will always make me feel better. Insane Almost Fire will mm-hmm. <laughs> kill you. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't believe in indulging with food. What about you? No, I didn't, you know, with my breakups, I usually didn't indulge with food. I actually usually went kind of the other direction and did healthy habits. Although the the one strange thing that I did was... um is you know how some people like change their look or whatever. Well, I went out and got my teeth whitened, mm. which was stupid because they're back to the same right. color that they were before. Um, so that didn't really help. But the other thing was, is I decided I wanted to be able to wear tank tops and that I made all these new friends that didn't know that I never wore tank tops because they just look weird on me. And so I decided I was going to be a tank top person. So I went out and bought a bunch of tank tops. And so I nice. wore them and I'm like, for like, but then it was like weeks and I'm like, maybe I am a tank top person. This is the new me. So I was kind of <laughs> indulging in this like new tank top look and it sort of made me feel a little bit empowered. Is it harmful? Is it destructive? No, not at all. I no. just a different piece of right. clothing. And then I used it to go out and exercise, which I loved anyway. So uh, that was my indulgence was basically, you know, wearing tank tops. So not too good, but we're healthy indulgers. Exactly. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Um, I'm going to wrap up with a quote from one of our uh, listeners who had um, really just kind of a very simple, sweet, uh, kind of to the point quote, and I'll I'll wrap it up here. Um, She said, don't get bitter, do get better. Mm, Nice. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in for our final episode of Breakups. This was an extended session today just so that we can make sure we cover all of our listeners' thoughts. So thank you again for tuning in. Stay uh, alert and awake and ready to go because season three will be out before you know it. And until then, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.